Hello and welcome to the Wash Up and Never Was podcast, coming to you live from the 10th Road Studios, and here we are on a gloomy, rainy day, and after a tough NFC Championship and AFC Championship weekend, and we head to the Super Bowl with the Patriots and Falcons. It will be the first time in a long time the Falcons are back, and Tom Brady and Bill Belichick enter in their seventh Super Bowl. That is big, man. Tom Brady and Belichick been together for 16 seasons, and they're already in the seventh. Well, let me bring you my co-host, JC. How you doing, bud? Big Ann, how we doing? All right, all right. What do you think of this week's games? Disgusting, capital D. I mean, <laughs> straight garbage. Just, it wasn't even like halftime, turn the game over, it's over. Not even remotely close. Oh, uh, and it's been like that all playoffs. Every besides last Sunday's games with the uh, Green Bay and Dallas, and then Pittsburgh and Kansas City. Other than that, just every game's been a blowout. Yeah, it seems that way. It seems whole field advantage has taken more of an advantage uh, the past couple years. Uh, the only really upset I can think of was the Packers over the Cowboys this postseason, and uh, everything but didn't go as expected. Everyone expected that Green Bay uh, Atlanta game to be a straight up shootout with MVP contenders Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan going at it, and it just turned out to be a blowout. It was a shootout, but uh, I think Rodgers was shooting blanks. <laughs> <laughs> and he went uh, into halftime with no points, and that's really hard to score on the the number two ranked offense or number one ranked offense, the Atlanta Falcons, and go into no points. You got to run, run and gun with them. You got to stay a course, got to get touchdowns, and they just turned over the ball with the early uh, fumble when it seemed like they were getting close. Hey, Crosby with the missed field goal. Yeah. Oh, that was brutal. Daggers right to the heart. Hits a fifth. Hits a fifty-four yarder to to win it against Dallas, but can't make a two fifty yarders in the last what a minute, minute and a half. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even consider the other one, and it, it's really heartbreaking for Rodgers. Put one hell of a run. Uh, I thought, you know, they really would have the magic. I thought really, really had the fairy dust sprinkling around them, and I thought there would be the big run and big story heading into the Super Bowl. But now it looks to be. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, that's a big snore fest, if you ask me. You know, not a team that really sticks out there. Uh, they haven't been exciting since the Michael Vick days. Now you got Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, who I think is one outstanding player, Julio Jones. And I think I would consider them the number one, or at least number one, number two receiver in the uh, NFL. Yeah, he definitely is one of the uh, top receivers in the NFL. I guess the Green Bay didn't take out Vice going after his ankle because it didn't look like it bothered him at all. Hey, he did. He got flipped with that big catch over the middle. He they flipped him over and he was still able to hold on to it. Well, that even though that big watch sixty something yard touchdown he had in uh, I think the third quarter after Green Bay got the ball three and out and he comes out, breaks a tackle. You know, guy sh- sheds off the one tackle and that stiff arm was just was just ridiculous. Yeah. Right the sidelines gone. Blazing speed and right to the house. He has the will and drive. You just saw he wanted it more than the uh, Packer secondary. He went uh, for nine catches, 180 yards, and two TDs, and that's just big business, man. Something that he really needed out of the uh, Falcons. You needed Julio Jones to be. You needed their stars to be. Matt Ryan uh, went 37 for 38, put up uh, 392 yards, and that's where he outclassed Aaron Rodgers and the rest of the Packers. 
What about uh, Jordy Nelson? Not a big day, but how about playing with broken ribs? Hey, that took a, that take a lot of guts. We we were talking about it uh, last week, and you know that's almost Mission Impossible to play like that. All the running and deep breathing that you would have to do from it. He had a pretty stellar game, though. What do you have? Uh, six catches, about seventy yards, and a touchdown for broken ribs. Hey, that's a hell of a performance. I mean, you seen it early on. A couple catches. He went down to the ground. Who's scared to get hit? But just even being on that football field, I got to give report it to him. One hell of a job for him. Knowing there's no tomorrow, you know, laying it all out there for him. Heck of a game from him. Oh, yeah, definitely. And um, uh, it's sad to see the Packers season end. I really thought they were going to run the table and take it all the way. They were the biggest disappointment for me. I really wanted them. I know the NFL definitely wanted them. They get ratings. The Packers is the NFL's team. And now they have the Atlanta Falcons. I, I just I, I just can't believe it. I just a team I never thought would be in it. Hey, look at them. They closed out the Georgia Dome. Two big playoff wins. Now headed to their first Super Bowl since uh, 98. And and now they got to go against the Patriots, who were able to uh, beat down uh, Pittsburgh. And, I, I mean, it was they were in control the whole way. You didn't even think for a second the Steelers have it. Some say at halftime it seemed close. For me, it just seemed close to get close. And I still think that was a stretch. And Tom Brady, seventh Super Bowl. I just can't believe it. It's ridiculously amazing how good Belichick and Brady are. Uh, I want to con- congratulate you. You uh, The only one of the predictions I, we had right came from you. You had New England winning. I mean, the score was off, but... That was the only pick we both had, right? I mean, you had Green Bay winning 38-31, and I had Green Bay winning 37-34. And, of course, Green Bay got blown out 44-21, and then you had New England winning 27-20. It won by a few more points than that, but I also had Pitt winning 31-19, so my prediction's way off. New England goes on a roll 36-17, and the hero of the day, Chris Hogan. Unbelievable. Another shocker. Just Belichick whipping these guys out from left field and making them superstars. Left field isn't even the word where Belichick finds these guys. This kid, Chris Hogan, played at Penn State. Not even football. He played lacrosse, soccer, then graduated, went to Monmouth for a year. He had more receiving yards on Sunday against the Steelers than he did in his whole career at Monmouth. He only had 12 catches. For 147 yards and three touchdowns. So in one game, he almost beat his whole stats for the whole year at Monmouth. And that's amazing, Belichick's able to find these guys. He's a big lacrosse player. He also played defense when uh, he played at Monmouth. Had 28 tackles on the year with three interceptions. So Belichick finds these guys that can play everywhere. I'll be surprised, you know, shocked if I don't see him playing in the Super Bowl. He might play a little uh, defensive back or something if they find himself in the jam. Maybe out there helping cover out Julio Jones or Sanu or one of these guys. And also, speaking of lacrosse, shout out to my uh, co-worker, Big Trojanowski. He actually played against Hogan in lacrosse back in 2007 and 2008. No kidding, did he really? Yeah, so you never know. You know, you could be uh, playing lacrosse against some guy, end up picking up garbage, <laughs> and then the guy you're playing against is making, you know, big, big catches in the uh, AFC Championship game and going to the Super Bowl. Life's funny like that. It just takes you somewhere, and then you go on another place. Well, you know, he did a little uh, traveling through the league, Hogan. He uh, started off as an uh, undrafted free agent with the 49ers. 
Uh, made his way to uh, New York, then through the AFC East with uh, Miami Dolphins and Buffalo Bills to finally Belichick signing them uh, this year and the Patriots uh, saw major potential in him. And, you know, Hogan's been a real uh, speedy receiver, beating him in the vertical routes, heading up field like he did uh, this past week. Absolutely destroying the Pittsburgh secondary with those big 180 yards and uh, outpassing um, Julian Edelman, who I thought would be the big receiver that week for them. And still no sign of Gronk. I think he will be out for the remainder of the year. You saw him a little bit on the field coming down to uh, hug his captain, Tom Brady, in all his graceful glory. I just feel like everyone kisses his ass on in New England. And before we get into... Uh... No big recap of this game. I think we might have saved that next week for the Super Bowl preview. We'll get more into it. Maybe talk about the uh, Pro Bowl coming up this weekend and maybe an NFL Awards. But before we jump into that, did you see Mr. Kraft after that game? Oh, my gosh. With the trophy presentation? Oh, my gosh. Talk about having one too many to drink. (laughs) (laughs) If you haven't seen that, please do. He didn't even know what to say. Gillette Stadium had to finish the sentence for him before he handed the trophy off to uh, Coach Belichick. And even Belichick gave a look at him like, What the hell? <laughs> what were you drinking? Can I have some? What was in that mac and cheese he's been making? As you know, you know, Kraft, uh, mac and cheese. They're the owners of the New England Patriots. And, you know, a mac and cheese for everybody this past week. Okay, and let's talk a little about this uh, Pro Bowl this weekend. The Pro Bowl is last few years as a... Uh, dip down in ratings and I don't think anybody wants to watch it they're trying to do a different where each you know draft a team through old captains and superstars that used to play in the league and drafting this guy this guy these fancy jerseys yeah and it hasn't really worked out so this year they're going back to the AFC versus NFC the way I like it also bringing it back this year they're going to bring back the Pro Bowl skills showdown uh for the AFC they got Pro Bowl legends are the captains Jerome Bettis and Ray Lewis. And for the NFC, they got uh, Tony Gonzalez and uh, Charles Woodson. couple of games, though, I don't think are just completely pointless that they have in the Pro Bowl. Epic Pro Bowl dodgeball. Wow, really? Who wants to see your football players playing dodgeball against each other? I mean, I, I could see it as potential... If they had it set up like the movie Dodgeball, True Underdog Story, you know, you see OBJ coming out with the Vipers or whatever the team name was, you know, with that fluffy blonde hair like uh, Ben Stiller has in that movie. Uh, that could be potential, but it depends how they make it. See, what I think they should do will be a lot of fun. Uh, a Legends uh, flag football game. You know, some uh, players like uh, Steve uh, Young and Ray Rice, uh, not Ray Rice, Jerry Rice, you know, they they still got a lot of oomph in their legs and can still kick it a little bit. I remember when I was younger, uh, they used to have something like that. Uh, Dan Marino used to throw the, sling the ball around. I don't know exactly who was playing, but they used to do some sort of flag football game. What about legends versus the stars of today? Yeah, that'll be an that'll be an interesting one if it's flag football. Yeah, oh yeah, that way you kind of get an idea where people are at. But I mean, like, who are you taking? You who, who do you have your money on? Are you gonna take Steve Young and Jerry Rice teamed up versus say a team of Steve Young, Jerry Rice, Ray Lewis, and Charles Woodson on defense versus a team of Rogers, Nelson, 
and Von Miller and say uh, Josh Norman. Who, who would you take your money on? The uh, Legends or uh, Today's Stars? Well, I mean, come on. I would have to take it on Today's Stars. I'm pretty confident uh, Jordy Nelson could burn someone like Charles Woodson or even... Uh, he's only a year out of retirement, so it ain't like he's... Yeah, he's wasting his time at ESPN with his stupid-ass jokes. Man, that show has become horrible. With uh, The only person I like is Randy Moss off that. Everyone, Trent Dilfer, I mean, the guy wins one Super Bowl. You never hear from him again. And now he's this big-ass TV star. And Matt Hasselbeck? But Matt, who gives a rat's ass about Matt Hasselbeck? He's a bald-headed little freak. That guy's as smart as a, a doorknob. I, I mean, I don't get it. Uh, whatever. But back to the uh, Pro Bowl. That's a good idea, you legends. Another, uh, your idea of a legends uh, flag football game. Another event they have this year, Power Relay Challenge. What's that? Four team members will compete in a time relay race. I mean, is this the Olympics or <laughs> a football league? Like, well, I don't get where they're trying to go at. Why not do a long jump and a pole jump or whatever the hell they have there? <laughs> I mean, Maybe add gymnastics into it and do uh, a couple tumble salts or something. Why not just throw them in the combine again and see where their stats are there? Yeah, we're going to have each guy in the Pro Bowl run a 40-yard dash. Um, and here's an idea I liked. Um, it came from uh, one of the Browns' uh, offensive linemen. I think Joe Thomas. I'm not so sure which one. But... He uh, suggested the idea that maybe the roles get reversed in the skills competition. The quarterbacks do the heavy weight lifting. The kickers do the, uh, you know, the uh, quarterback stuff or the linemen kick field goals. I would love to see a 350-pound man try to kick a field goal. They also have a uh, best hands competition where the quarterback and the wide receiver doers from each team will show off their skills trying to get as many pass attempts as oh possible before the time runs out. But like you said, we see that every day on Sundays. Yeah. Why not get the linemen throwing to the, the linebackers or right. you know, the D linemen throwing to whoever. That would be something interesting and I would want to watch. Not watching Drew Brees throw it to Beckham. We yeah. seen that years ago. They set out Guinness Book of World Records for most pass completions in uh, I don't know right. how many minutes. And, and you see Beckham waste uh, an hour before every game of catching these nonsensical catches with one hand. Meanwhile, it, that killed him in the uh, the wild card game against the Packers. Uh, missed the big shot, and they don't know how to catch with two hands anymore, and it started dropping everything. But I don't want to see something that they do before every game anyway. One thing I am missing out, though, actually speaking of the Pro Bowl, too, my uncle's going to be down there. He actually leaves Thursday. Oh, no way. One tickets from the uh, Daily News. What are the chances? Yeah, he forgot to take me, that little bastard. And now, um... <laughs> I'm stuck here talking to you, and I could be down in uh, Florida with them at the Pro Bowl. Uh, ain't that a pip? <laughs> they are missing out on a good food truck. Let me see here. They got siding dishes such as cheesesteaks, tacos, donuts, and barbecue. One of delicious oh, food trucks. I love that sounds steaks. great in the sun watching uh, these guys play dodgeball. It'll be some excitement. Yeah, nothing like a cheesesteak and a 400-pound man tossing a dodgeball. I'll tell you what, though, just looking at it, they have a couple of uh, cool things for the family if you're down there with your kids. Uh, family football zone. You could do a long snap thing, see how far you could long snap it. They got a little obstacle and course. And what, get yelled at by my wife for giving my kid a bloody nose? <laughs> Couldn't catch a snap? Even uh, run a 40-yard dash, see how long you could, uh, how fast you could run your 40. What are you timed in, about an 8-6? Uh, I mean, I don't know. The only thing running these days is my nose. <laughs> 
my 40. I couldn't even tell you. With my second surgery Monday, my 40 times probably about it. I don't know, maybe as fast as yours. <laughs> <laughs> the clock's still going. <laughs> and of course, on Sunday, after all these events and everything is over, we have the Pro Bowl. The AFC versus NFC back to its normal way it was over the past few years. The only thing I don't like how it's going back to normal. I mean, it's pretty much for fun. You don't see any crazy hits. I don't think there's any blitzing. Right. I liked it how it was mixed up where, you know, we could be teammates throughout the year. And now I'm the cornerback covering my receiver. I have to cover at practice and going up against him a game trying to win that extra, I don't know, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 bonus for winning the Pro Bowl. Right, yeah. I, I would like to see, you know, some financial um, kickers and bonuses that the players could get. Maybe they'll give them some incentive to play, some motive. The one thing I do dislike in the picking of the teams is that it should be a privilege to be a pro bowler, you know, eight-year pro bowler. I like to see that stat on a few players who have it. In the NBA, it's such a resume key. You want to get that on your resume that you were an all-star. It's such a privilege. With this, it seems like it's almost, you know, barely anything. For one, I don't think Andy Dalton should be on the AFC team. He's uh, replacing Tom Brady because Tom Brady has to play in the Super Bowl. And that's another thing. They shouldn't be playing before the Super Bowl. I want to see Tom Brady in it. Tom Brady's having a phenomenal season. 28 touchdowns and two interceptions. I want to see what he could put against the best of the best in the NFL. But since, you know, the NFL got to make money any way they can, they have to put it on the week ahead of time. You know, rack in the bucks for whatever they get there. And um, I also don't like that it's in Orlando. It would... I would make more sense to me if the Super Bowl was in Florida, but I don't like it in Orlando. I'd rather in Hawaii, you know. Oh, definitely somewhere. Uh, oh, Florida is nice too, but Hawaii is you know a nice vacation. Right. Get away from everything. Go relax and. And most of the players didn't even know it was in Orlando. Some were shocked. Some were just like the privilege of going to the Pro Bowl because it's a free family vacation. I mean that was sort of the incentive, and most of them liked it. But back to the whole, uh, you know, honor thing about being selected to the Pro Bowl. You know, why why should that be a uh, under Andy Dalton's resume that he's a Pro Bowl after the season? He didn't have a winning season. Yeah, I don't get how they do it. The teams aren't official. I don't think official official yet due to people backing out. Especially, right. you know, final rosters aren't set with the bowl teams playing in the Super Bowl. But one person I've seen going to the Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl as an alternate uh, this weekend coming up. Des Bryant. Des Bryant on the year, <coughs> excuse me, 50 catches, 796 yards, 8 touchdowns. Okay season. Yeah. Definitely was hurt. Yeah. Not by far one of his best seasons. Mm-hmm. But how about a rookie like this? Michael Thomas from the New Orleans Saints. 92 catches, 1,130 yards, and 9 touchdowns. Almost doubled his catches. Had... F- 400 more yards than him and an extra touchdown but he's sitting home on his couch while Dez throw up the ex Bryant huh. is down in uh, Orlando and I think that solely derives from the fact that they're America's team the Dallas Cowboys and more voting is going to come in via through that team because more there's more fans more appreciation for that team compared to a team like the New Orleans Saints who I also think don't scream as a wow factor team that you want I don't even think Breeze was in it. I think he just got added because Matt Ryan wasn't yes, in it. Yes, he did. And he how, had do you, how, how do you not have a guy who throwed 
the record fifth 5,000-yard yeah. passing year, and you don't have him in the Pro Bowl? And it's beyond my, my logic thinking. And if you're going to have some fugazi player system where anybody could just get in and not deservably so or just because of the voting it's it's nonsense uh, get rid of it then get rid of it first of all the fans aren't going to take the voting seriously they're going to vote for whoever their favorite player is not who did the best you can see an example the NHL they made a joke out of it the, with the fan voting they voted a minor league player who only played like half the season already and he got to go to the NHL All-Star game and you know that's going to happen eventually you're leaving it open to these possibilities where i think the media should be uh choosing who and play and who and what plays in these uh All-Star games throughout all professional sports not just the NFL and i see you know, you can't really make a big prediction, but I could see the uh, NFC taking this one. I think they're filled with uh, more talent, but in the end, it's going to come down to who, uh, you know, who gives the most effort, really. But uh, for shits and giggles, I'll take the NFC 48-40. to 48-40? Uh, because it's going to be high scoring. No one's going to be playing defense. You can't blitz. There's blitzing rules. I think we should just do a friendly wager next uh, podcast. You have the NFC, I have AFC, and uh, loser has to buy lunch for the next podcast. How about that? Buy lunch? How about we get tattoos? <laughs> tattoos. <laughs> All right, so you got the NFC winning 48-40. I'll take the AFC winning 64-57. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? All right, well, also coming up uh, in the upcoming weeks before the Super Bowl, we have, have the NFL Awards. Uh, last year as MVP, the most... Famous the dabber himself, Cam Newton, who is shouldn't be remotely close to an MVP vote. And who I really think is going to take it is uh, Matt Ryan, Matty Ice. 3,900 yards, 38 TDs, phenomenal season. Taking a Falcons team all the way to the Super Bowl, how could you not? If I had to pick an MVP, I'm going to have to go with Brady. The guy missed four <laughs> games. He's 39 years old. I mean, I don't think they take into consideration the playoffs when they're picking the voting for the MVP, but just the way he played uh, Sunday, moving around the pocket, he looks like he's a 25-year-old quarterback. I the know. guy is still doing it. I know, I know, but I just feel like they have a more of a complete team, the, uh, the Patriots. Matt Ryan, you could say uh, Julio Hold Jones. Hold on. If you, Julio Jones, a complete team. You put Julio Jones on... New England's team. Look what oh. happened when Brady had Randy Moss. He was setting Records. all these points. So you're talking about a full team. Who who do New England does New England have that you know stands out? Chris Hogan. No one knows Chris Hogan. The guy just had nine catches for 180 yards and two touchdowns. Rob Gronkowski. Last week he was playing. Rob Gronkowski. He's hurt, so he's doing it with no names. Still had him for a, for a half a season. I don't know, man. If you I had to pick, I think they're bringing giving it to Brady. Uh, so, what do you think about it just being a quarterback award at this point? Meanwhile, you could uh, some could say Ezekiel Elliott, but I mean, I don't know, 1,600 don't really cut it for me these days. Yeah, that's high numbers, big for a rookie, don't get me wrong, huge for a rookie leading the NFL. But he also had a great uh, offensive line. Yeah, you're hearing uh, 
Ezekiel Elliott and Dak, they might get it together. Co-MVP. If that like, happens, I, I'm not watching the NFL. Honestly, honestly, if that happens, they, they have, honestly, the MVP should be the whole Dallas Cowboys front line. I would give it to them. They carried the whole team. If you could do that, if you could combine players for an award, then each uh, a, a lineman should get the award if you're going to combine the damn award. Dak Prescott, congratulations. You had a good rookie season. Congratulations. You had a good team to surround you. And Tony Romo was nowhere in the picture. He didn't even throw any, uh, he didn't even get any touchdowns at home this year, only the one on the road. My co-host has more touchdowns in AT&T Stadium. That than is that is the fact of the day. I did have more passing touchdowns in AT&T Stadium this year than Tony Romo. So shove that in your face, uh, Dallas fans. And uh, I don't really see any defensive players that uh, really came out this year to come anywhere near the MVP race. Uh, two names that come to mind are Vic Beasley, 15 and a half sacks, which is, you know, high and led the league in the NFL. Then the other one I would consider is Landon Collins of the Giants. Yeah, he had a hell of a year. Really, really hell of a year. In his second year, really outstanding. Five interceptions, a whole bunch of tackles. One of the best run-stopper safeties I've seen in the NFL for a while. And uh, I think he would be uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Who's that? Landon Collins. Landon Collins? I'll agree with you on that. Definitely. Held that uh, giant secondary strong together. Even when uh, uh, what Jack Rabbit, Janoris Jenkins went down, uh, Landon Collins was able to uh, really uh, be flexible and versatile in his role in the secondary and to take over the pass coverage just as much as he had to take over, be a run stopper and play that center field safety. What about uh, offensive player to you? Who do you like there? Uh, I would have to give it to uh, Julio Jones. Uh, Julio Jones or uh, T.Y. Hilton, one of the uh, receivers. I think both of them had an outstanding year. T.Y. Hilton, not much of a team, only Andrew Luck to throw him the ball. He really carried them to whatever wins they were able to get. And with uh, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, would probably end up taking it home, but deservedly so. I think it should go to one of the wide receivers. I'm going to have to disagree with you on that. I like David Johnson from uh, Arizona. All their receiving core that Carson Palmer had the year before, you know, dipped down from the year that they had before that, you know, playing in the NFC Championship game. And David Johnson pretty much was their offense. I think he had, I don't know, almost 200 yards a game averaging yes. between rushing and receiving. So he's my uh, offensive player of the year. But award. see, for me, it, it's so hard to give someone that award and have a losing record. You know, and to call anybody player of the year and have a losing record, for me it's hard to give up, but I do see where you're coming from. I mean, offensive player, he was, to me, the best offensive player of the year. Regardless if you had a shit defense and, you know, yeah, your, right. off- your defense gave up more points than your offense scored, yeah. it just didn't work out from this year. They had an off year, not compared, but to me, offensive player, David Johnson. All right, now let's have some real fun here. Uh, offensive rookie of the year. Offensive rookie of the year. Everyone's going to say is that uh, Elliot Dak. I think those are the only two up there. I it it's almost nonsensical <sighs> to even debate who's going to win it. It's going to be one of them. They're the only two rookies to really step out. I thought uh Carson Wentz had a phenomenal year as a rookie. Uh he really was uh he's showing bright things for Philadelphia. But Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott are going to take that one home. Both put up big numbers, big seasons. You see them giving them a co-MVP uh, 
offensive rookie of the year? Um, I wouldn't put it past them, but I really see Ezekiel Elliott winning it. It's hard not to lead the league in Russian rookie. Dak Prescott, good year, but not wow. Definitely. Um, my defensive player of the year definitely have to be Joey Boser down in uh, San Diego. I mean the new L.A. Chargers, but hey, held them out, held them out for uh, that money to get that big rookie deal, and was still able to uh, get ahead on track and be able to be prepared for an NFL game, which is one of the hardest things to do is be ready for the NFL coming out of college. And no matter what you say, it's still hard. You have to have the talent and heart for it. And the coach of the year, um, I think it will go to Jason Garrett uh, for taking that Cowboys team. In a sense, it was in a bad spot. Their starting quarterback, Tony Romo, got hurt. They needed a rookie to carry them, both uh, in the running back and quarterback position. He was able to take those rookies, prepare them for each game, and have them win every Sunday except against the Giants in one game against the Eagles. Good choice, Sam. But my... Uh... Coach of the year has to be uh, Jack Del Rio down in uh, the Oakland Raiders. Now, well, not not yet, but they put in the paperwork to be the Los Angeles Raiders. Uh, Excuse me, Las Vegas Raiders. All these teams moving to L.A. get confused. (laughs) But, yeah, definitely Derek Carr doesn't go down. They probably end up. At least a championship game. Yeah, definitely a championship game and definitely giving Brady a run for his money. They still had a chance, I think, at the number one seed. I think. New England clinched it anyway, but if Carr doesn't go down at the end of the year, they're definitely giving, I think, New England a better chance than Pittsburgh had. And, man, that kid, he's a phenomenal talent, a real leader, a real uh, big game arm. He uh, had a lot of clutch moments this season, winning late in games. Jack Del Rio, I thought, had a phenomenal season and could be right up there for coach of the year. Really a lot of ballsy, gutsy moves. To uh, go for it, uh, I remember, I think it was either the first week or second week where they needed a two-point conversion to win it. And uh, he took the he took the chance of not taking the tie with the field goal and winning it with the two-point conversion. And uh, he went for a lot of fourth downs. And he trusts his QB, Carr, and kids shine. Hey, Cole, Cole's uh, under pressure. Turn it to diamonds, man. Yeah, I love the, the sack of cojones on him. And he don't... He... He's not your regular typical NFL coach where, you know, punt on fourth down or, right. go, you know, go to overtime. He played for the win, and I like to see that. Now, to finish up our awards of the year, over here on the Washed Up and Never Was podcast, we're going to hand out our 2016 Washed Up Player of the Year and your choice for the award. For me, it's easy. Burst onto the scene last year. Came out flat this year. Todd Gurley of the Los Angeles Rams. Where the hell were you this year? Um, you see a lot of controversy where he's been blaming uh, Fisher, the offensive coordinator. They ran a, a schoolyard offense or kids' offense and couldn't produce. Well, be a big man, take the ball and run. You're the running back. You control where it goes. If it, if the hole wasn't there, find somewhere else. You you want to be. The superstar player in all the commercials, you see him in a lot of commercials now, really trying to brand himself. They were on hard knocks, mostly focused on Todd Gurley. And the kid did nothing but wash up for me this year. That's a solid pick. He was definitely washed up. I might have someone even more washed up than him. My 2016 washed up player of the year... I'm going with Brandon Marshall of the new of your New York Jets. Oh, God, Brandon Marshall. 60 less catches... 
Eight, uh, 700 less yards. A shitload of drops. Too many drops. A bunch of about 15 cases of tissues for all the crying he did. <laughs> and 11 less touchdowns. I think preseason he was betting Antonio Brown who'd have more receiving yards. Oh, Talked yeah. this big game, wanted to get his quarterback back. They re-signed Fitzpatrick. Mm. And, I mean, Decker goes down. But was- still, he didn't. He did not show up this year, hence why he was washed up and uh... and failed to produce <laughs> anything. And my uh, big winner of this year and player of this year who uh, really shined, he's not going to win MVP, I think, because of the injury, Derek Carr. Derek Carr, like I was saying before, really showed up this year. He idolized Brett Favre as a kid. That's why he takes the number four. He got a gunslinging arm like him, just not... As heartbreaking of interceptions. That kid's going to be a hell of a talent. Can't wait to see him in Vegas. Hope there's nothing but lucky sevens for him, man. Yeah, with my uh, breakout player or star player of the year, probably won't win any awards either, though. I'm going to go to Marco Murray at Tennessee Titans. Going to Tennessee this year. Having a hell of a year. Uh, leading rush in the beginning of the year before Elliott. You know. Had a good compliment with Derrick Henry, the big kid from... Uh, Alabama looks like he's with a lot of white chicks. <laughs> yeah, so he's my uh, star of the year. He had one hell of a run, and glad to see he's back in and you know doing his thing back there in the backfield. Well, that about wraps up our show today. Uh, thanks for everyone for tuning in. Thanks for the leaving comments. We had a couple of emails. We'll address on our next show. Next show, we'll be talking about the Super Bowl and our predictions for. Uh, Super Bowl 51, who's going to win? And please tell your friends about our podcast. <laughs> we're, we're getting there. We're trying. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, you could email us at washeduptneverwaspod at gmail.com. And don't forget to check us out on Twitter at washneverpod. And also, we are now on iTunes. So search iTunes. Official. <laughs> yeah, so check us out on iTunes. Don't, for hit, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Rate us. Leave a uh, review. Oh, a review would be nice. Tell them how much you love my sexy voice over there. And thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week.